Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Town TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy and Paul. And today we're going to be covering episode four of the new Disney Plus original series, Moon Knight. And no conchu this episode, but this was just a classic tomb raiding adventure. Kind of reminded me of The Mummy with Brandon Fraser. Same yeah, vibes there. I could see that. Um, a really strong episode for Layla, in my opinion. I love this blossoming relationship between Mark and Steven. We finally get a face to the name Amit and a left mm-hmm. turn at the end that I don't think anybody was expecting. A lot to unpack here. What do we think? What yeah, do you I'll, do? I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll jump in first real quick because I ended up being uh, the first one of us three to watch the screener ahead of time. And Jimmy was asked, you know, how was it? And I was just saying, like, you know, it was it was wild in the sense that no matter how much time we were given, we I feel like we never would have gotten to this theory of this happening. So no. I I loved it. It was crazy. And at points when I was watching it, I was like, it, I can't believe I'm watching a Disney show right now. Yeah. That was like straight up a live human sacrifice or organ harvesting. And I was I was blown away for a second, but I was loving it. You know, was it, dude? Was it? I don't know. Was it real life? Yeah, Jimmy's got a lot of opinions on this. We're going to have some fun with this episode. We're going to have some fun. Um, Why don't we just open up that conversation right now? What are you thinking, Jim? I want to go on a rant first. And this has this has nothing to do with the actual episode. But it's a rant on people who think that they are cool because they can leak shit. Okay, so we as Bingetown TV, we're lucky enough to get four episode screeners and we have updated you guys every single episode how this <laughs> went. And we have specifically only watched one screener per week, but just watched it a little bit earlier than you guys so that we can get it out as fast as possible for you guys. So technically, we are recording this on a Tuesday when it actually comes out tomorrow. So I didn't look at this until after this episode when of course we want answers but how can you get answers when you got screeners and no one has seen it yet but apparently for the past week two weeks three weeks there's been leaks of episodes one through four and this big reveal has already been leaked and almost exactly the entire recap of the episode was leaked and it just pisses me off because the only reason they're able to leak it is because they're being trusted by Disney. And we actually do sign pretty much a non-disclosure agreement to get these screeners where you're getting four episodes and you're getting them because you're considered press or a podcast or whatever it is. And you're watching them and then you just leak it straight up. It's not like you have insider information and you're cool shit. You just get the screener and you leak it. So, you know, that whole thing kind of pisses me off because Disney trusts people with the, screeners and instead they think they're cool and they would just they leak it and ruin it for other people but i digress just wanted to go on that quick rant there so this is our first watch instant reaction we're not gonna have like major breakdowns major like let's watch this three times and see if there's any hints or anything like that maybe this is a good episode to have zach the comic guy on and do maybe a uh um, second episode on it who knows i don't know but he definitely is coming Zach did text me today, giving me his reviews of one through three. So he's ready. He's chomping. And yeah, this episode was crazy. 40 minutes of continuing our story. 15 minutes of what the hell just happened. And we're going to be talking a lot of theories here, guys, because we don't know what's real and what's not. And I have a feeling that it's going to be funny because from coming off the podcast, Paul and Brian are thinking one thing and I'm thinking another thing. So it's going to we're going to have a good time with this. Yeah, I can offer it. We we only just talked about it right when we got on the mic and and before we started recording. And we are definitely on two different sides of the room in terms of how we are perceiving what just happened here in Mm -hmm, episode mm -hmm. four. Uh, But that's a good thing because we're on a podcast so we can totally talk it out. Damn right. I don't really have anything more to contribute until we get into the episode. Like I said, this was like a really action packed one, whether or not you think anything happened (laughs) really in reality is of a different question. What is not up for debate is that it was entertaining. Uh, And we kind of pick up back in the desert where we left it in episode three and Layla and Mark are being pursued. It's at night in the desert. Uh, a truck rolls up and starts firing at them. Mark is unconscious. 
Um, and this was the first in a string of many badass scenes for Layla, where she takes out these guys pursuing them and just kind of like blows up their ammunition. But then Mark wakes up and starts crying a little bit. Starts crying a little bit. <laughs> yes, they get in their own truck and then they start driving to the tomb. And this is where kind of just remember it's, this it's is actually Mark. technically Steven. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's I was Steven just going to say. Excuse yeah. me, Steven. Yeah, because this it was Layla just freaking out. It was Stephen really just kind of standing there in awe of watching Layla just take out this armored truck with with two or three guys in it, literally with just flares. Mm -hmm. And it was also cool because this was not only highlighting Layla being a badass, but the introduction to the flares because the flare did come in later in the episode Mm -hmm. with the, the weird priest type zombie thing. So. I just said zombie. I meant mummy. Sorry. I know that's a huge debate. Yeah. Mummies and zombies are the same thing. I'm just going to say quick before we have a debate. No, they're not the same thing. But that's for a different time. <laughs> Is it kind of like zombies? You have to be a zombie in Egypt to be classified as a mummy. Kind of like to really be champagne. You have to be from that one region of France, you know? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's a technicality. That, that could be a whole other, you know, Patreon episode by itself. Yeah, we might have debate. to do that. Uh, yeah, so Layla and Steven are just in the Jeep. And I don't know about you, but like Steven's been growing on me more and more. I mean, I thought it was good in the beginning, but now that he's kind of getting more and more like uh, comfortable around Layla's character, he's like hyping himself up. He was like, we are good. Just mm-hmm. me and you, no Mark and the open road. It was like, no, no, no road. Actually, we're going to walk me. It's like, I just think he's, he's such a good touch to the, each episode. I agree. I agree hundred percent. He loves Layla, dude. He loves her. That is a crazy part that I never thought of, which how did he not think of it? You know, it's the same guy, you know, really two guys in one body, both falling for the same girl. Oh, Mm. my God. That was perfect. I can't really put my finger on it, but it's like these scenes where Steven is starting to fall in love with Layla again. For some reason, they make me think that it is 100% Mark's body has been all along. And the Steven personality is just like, his own defense mechanism for Mark's body. So it just like came out of nowhere. And now he in his deepest subconscious as Steven is once again, falling in love with Layla. I I don't know why. That's perfect. No, I think that's perfect. Honestly. And this whole episode, I was just feeling that entire vibe. I think it's, I think it's Mark's body and Steven is just like this new personality. That's coming. Yeah. I think we've agreed from, I guess the last couple episodes that we think it's definitely Mark at this point. Yeah. And yeah, your explanation is perfect. I agree 100%. So Layla and Mark realize that Arthur and his his followers have already made it into the tomb. So they're like, we can't just blow up their scene and go in the same way they are. Let's look for an alternate route. So they stumble upon this little encampment with like this little passageway. They're like, all right, that's probably another way into the tomb. But first, they want to stop for supplies, what have you. And this is kind of where we get the scene where Stephen and Mark are going at it. Like, you better not be falling in love with my girl, bro. Yeah. Too bad. I am you, dude. You touch her, bro. You place one finger on her. We get a horribly awkward kiss, but like, you know, my boy's got game in his own way. He went for it. He shot a shot. Um, yeah. And then and we before, get Mark's rebuttal, the punch to the chin. Yeah, and yeah. that was funny. I mean, but I was going to say- It wasn't before, even really him shooting the shot because Layla made the first move. Right. Like and, she kind of leaned in first and, and Steven was the good guy. It was like, hey, just I just want you, I think you should know that Mark, isn't actually pushing you away because he doesn't want to. He's pushing you away to try and save you from Khonshu. Exactly. And then kisses her after that. He just needed to get it off his chest first. Because he's a good guy, good guy, Stevie. After they have their kiss and it's awkward and Steven kind of lets it loose and lets her know that Mark isn't who she really thinks he is with this situation with the divorce. He actually is trying to be a good guy and push her away to protect her, which of course we've been talking about for the last three episodes. Now they're actually going into the tomb. We get a little thing where Steven's doing more of his, oh my gosh, this is freaking awesome. I'm loving it. And Layla puts the mark on uh, one of the artifacts or the statues just for her father and explains the father situation to Steven. And this is where he's just like, my gosh, he's just loving her. So much, dude. Is is uh, he's literally just like staring at her, like, oh my god, I love you so much. It did kind of look like he was in a daze, yeah. yeah. But it's so bizarre that like she's kind of accepting that 
Steven is his own entity and she has to reteach him all this information. It's like very weird. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when they pass the two sphinxes that are guarding the tomb, they encounter kind of kind of their first trial. Um, and that is a six pronged fork in the road of the tomb. And they kind of have to solve the riddle of which path they want to go down. Um, and Steven reasons out in like five seconds that the six paths represent the six points of Horus. It's like, a very famous eye symbol in yep, Egyptian. Yep. Mm-hmm. We've all seen it before. Yeah. But the six paths represent thought, sight, hearing, smell, touch, and tongue. Layla reasons like, holy shit, this place is massive. Like, it has to be a pharaoh that's in this tomb. Otherwise, they wouldn't commit the resources. So, like, they think that Amit's avatar was, like, this big deal. That's super exciting. And then Layla's like, well, wait a minute. If it was the avatar, then he would have been the voice of Amit, i.e. Mm. the tongue. So they go down the tongue route. So yeah. they solve the first riddle and that leads them to that bloody sacrificial room that you were talking about, Paul. Yeah. And that's Stephen. You know, they were going to go through and Stephen's like, wait, I just, you know, I'm just thinking out loud here. I see blood and bones going that way. Yeah. So what if like, you know, there's another way we can go around here. Um, and he does, of course, he he figures it out. And it's so funny because it's the same body that mm-hmm. Mark was running across those rooftops with parkour and huge gaps. And then you got Steven like needing Layla's help to nudge him <laughs> up. To this. He can't pull his own body weight up. It, it's so funny. And so he does clumsy. get up there. And the way he's like, oh, my stars, look <laughs> at this setup. Um, it's just it's it's perfect. It's just awesome how he's whether it was the other episodes, this episode, the Pyramid of Giza or this tomb right here. He's just losing his shit. He's just loving everything. Um, You know, he's seeing the blood on the altar and he's just like, I don't know if I want to do this. man. <laughs> I don't like this. This is uh, I'm a little squeamish when Mark's like, hey, come on. But. I did. I was kind of laughing at him. He's such a dork, man, with the oh, looks like a maze. Well, it is amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's like on the biggest adventure of his life. And like he's trying to make puns. Like, he's on, just fangirl of man. He's soaking it all in. If I was on an adventure, if I was the hero of an adventure, I'd be trying to crack puns and like punch lines and shit. <laughs> and he could totally use Mr. Knight right now. He that's falls why right on his damn ass going in to the tomb. After yeah. Layla's all like nonchalant, just gracefully falling down and, and just jumping that was, down. That was also Mark punching Steve. Yeah, for, I for thought it was. Because oh, Mark so that's supposed to be the punch into the tomb. Is that what happened? Oh, all right, I'll getting. take it. Okay, I thought I he like thought it. also tripped him down the steps or something. Yeah, yeah I that's thought that funny. was Mark too. I mean, either okay. way. But anyway, they hear gunfire in the background. It's Arthur's men, we assume. And then we mm-hmm. start hearing this clicking noise and this creepy. I don't know. It's a monster. It's a mummy. It's a zombie. Whatever you want to say. Yeah, I think the they called it a Hekka. Yeah, yeah the, the sorcerer. Hekka uh, whatever. These things were creepy yeah. and they were like just strong enough that I was like a little bit concerned because I knew Steven was bringing nothing to the table. So I was just mm. like, oh, Layla might be in trouble here. Uh, but that dude was super creepy. Um, they both kind of distracted around the room. Layla has to run down one path. Steven squishes it. He's like, oh, I squished it. Yeah, I squished it. (laughs) And then he just dips down the other path. I'm not sure why he said, I'll find you. And then didn't just go down the same path as her. They could have been together. He's not. not I I, I was assuming. Yeah, I was assuming that he was doing the deed like he was finishing the quest and I'll come Mm. find you. Keep running from the the heck of priest because they knew that that was where they needed to go. That was pretty much the opening. Um. But yeah, like we see this heck of priest thing jumping and crawling like a spider. And, you know, we need Conchu, Mr. Knight, Moon Knight for this. Like we're lucky, meaning Layla and Steven, that they got through this. And we'll get to it in a second. But Layla's a badass. She took one out. Yeah. 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 I was um, I was waiting for Steven to say, like, Mark, take the body again. Yeah. But he never yeah, did. Yeah. So I guess I guess good for Steven for like being being brave. And Steven yeah. does say like he does say to Mark, they're arguing. And Mark's like, listen, you need to give me this. And he says, it's in there somewhere. Like, I, I'm you. You're me. <laughs> you're Muscle memory. And shit. Like, I could be in badass. Muscle memories. Like, I don't think it works that way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But when they split up, Layla, you know, is running down this hallway that you know the floor is falling away over the years and she's sneaking by she's hearing the clicking the hand coming out of the wall the hole in the wall yeah, yeah. so creepy and then when she finally gets to the other side of course this heck of priest jumps out and brings her into the darkness mm-hmm. you know we get her trying to escape one last time and then being brought in 
And then all of a sudden you realize that Layla wasn't stuck in that dark alleyway with the priest. The priest was stuck in a dark alleyway with Layla. Damn right. Because Layla Damn comes right. out of there with her freaking with an arm and a forearm of this freaking priest and it starts using his bone as a weapon. Yeah, the bad thing is now he's got a spiky bone to attack with her with. Yeah, that was kind of gross because he was like <laughs> jamming it into the concrete and I was like, dude, doesn't that hurt? Leave it to these shows. I can get anxious like that and for anyone who's not watched on YouTube, I just snapped. Let me snap at the mic. <laughs> when it comes to things where you're hanging off a damn cliff, you know, I know she's not going to fall, but for some yeah. reason it still gets me yelling. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And this was the flare where, you know, the, the mummy priest is on top of her. She pulls out the flare, pops it in uh, the priest's eye too. And going back really quick to the heck of priest, the first one that Steven squishes, you brought it up early, Paul. This is blood. We're getting the blood, blood on the altar, throw a dude down, gut him take some of his organs and throw it in the sacrificial pot that has a name that I don't know what the name is, but you know what I'm saying? And this is the first time we're getting the human blood and more of the goriness. We've been talking about how badass Moon Knight's been. So they're moving on and on and on to a little bit more blood. And you can see like Steven, when he first sees it and he's saying, I think that's pieces of meat and that's blood. And, you know, <laughs> pointed out to us. So that's what we asked for. We're getting more and more as each episode goes on. And we haven't gotten Moon Knight with the blood splattered on his white uniform, but we're getting close. It's been good. It hasn't been like overdone or too right, overly right. obvious. It's tasteful and it's as needed, which mm -hmm. is all we really wanted. Yeah. At the end of the day. You said it perfectly last episode, Brian, like I'm not watching MCU stuff for like horror gore, you know, but if you give me some badass stuff and to what they've showed us so far, I'm good with it when it comes to watching the MCU. Agreed. It kind of flips back and forth between Layla and Steven, but I guess we should just continue with Layla's scene because right after she takes out the Hekka, Arthur rolls up on the other end of the ravine and now they can't really interact with each other. So they just have this conversation back and forth. And this is where Arthur just drops the bomb of the truth about what happened to her father, which was shrouded in mystery. But it seems like Layla kind of knew all along. This yeah. is just the first time she really heard it confirmed out loud. Mm -hmm. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Arthur said that he basically checked Layla's father's scales, meaning she, her father did the whole hold the cane, my tattoo, go back and forth. Didn't didn't he say that? No, she was talking. He was talking about Mark there, right? He read right. Mark's scales. Yeah. yeah. So his uh, greatest okay. Mark's greatest source of pain was that he was there the night that Damn. the father okay. died. All right. Never mind. I had this whole thing lined up, but I'm wrong. So <laughs> That's all right, man. We're, we're working with screeners here. We're working on instant reactions. <laughs> So, like, does Arthur have all the knowledge of every buddy's scales that he's ever checked? Like, is, is that what we're getting? Like, he just has all this crazy information. I mean, he does have so much knowledge. We've known that before with everything he's been through, being the Avatar. But, like, now, like, if he checks everybody and literally can pick out parts of their lives that are, like, big parts of their lives, like, he's going to have a whole bunch of information in his arsenal. So you think you're suggesting this might just be an offshoot power of being around Amit's relics or just his closeness to her? Because I buy it. It does seem yeah. like he's able to draw on the information whenever yeah, he I wants. Mean, just like this information he got from Mark. I don't know if that was just, you know, he just remembered that little bit or if he can draw on all of his victims or whatever it is. I, I would say that he would probably take more pay more attention to marks than just your average right, person right. so that he could use it in a situation. But who knows? I kind of buy that. This is kind of a dumb question because I feel like it's really obvious. How do Layla and Arthur know each other from the past? Did Arthur work with her father during the dig site or I don't think they knew each other at all. They didn't. Oh. I maybe it's just Arthur's nonchalance. No, I think the, the whole thing is, yeah, I think the whole thing about, Layla and Arthur is that she's freaked out that he knows so much about her. And I don't think Arthur really knows anything necessarily about her father from a first person POV 
I think he just knows what he knows from uh, Mark slash Steven slash okay. just whatever news has been out there in general about the father's disappearance. And he's just using it to manipulate her. Okay. That makes sense. I, I, I mean, unless I miss something, I, I don't know. I don't think I they... think the other thing was that Layla suggested her and Mark had adventures and run ins with Arthur and his people for, let's say, the months or maybe a couple of years leading up to the events of this series right okay, now. So okay. they know each other from that, at least a little bit before the series. So that would line up. Right. But I, I don't think we've heard anything in this series that suggests they have like a past together okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or yeah, the father I, knew Arthur directly. It's literally just, you know, compliments to Arthur and how he approaches, you know, dealing with like a new adversary, I guess. Like right. you know, Layla pops up and he's like, oh, I know you. I already know your biggest weakness. Do you have, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You have any questions about your father's death? And it's like all of a sudden. It's like Arthur's in control. It's nuts. I love him. And the fact that he didn't even read the script, he was like, I'm in. It's mm-hmm. perfect. Because he's killing it. He is. I kind of like, like, like him as a character because like, he's kind of a nice, polite guy. And he's he hasn't really been like a full-on villain in many scenes. Like He was genuinely consoling Layla in this scene and simply trying to reveal the truth that she clearly needed to know. That's what psychiatrists do, man, since he's not real. <laughs> yeah right oh, you're killing me man i know i know i know i don't even know if i necessarily believe that i'm just stirring the pot dude stir that pot stir it, baby so we got um, all that with layla and arthur but then when we jump back to steven he's actually in the sarcophagus room i don't know what that's the called tomb. yeah the tomb room yeah <laughs> the tomb room the tomb the room. Is. there you go yeah and uh he's freaking out and he's like wait is that macedonian and the fact that this was Alexander the Great is that that was her last avatar? That's mm-hmm. badass, dude. That's that's pretty cool. I like this that a was lot. Pretty cool. And for a guy like Steven, who like knows the history, committed his life, or if you want to consider his life an actual life, whatever you want to say, like he knows his Egyptian stuff. Him walking through that tomb room and just like being like, "Oh my gosh, this guy must have been a big deal." Wait a second, is that Macedonian on the sarcophagus? Like that shouldn't be there unless it's Alexander the fucking Great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what mm-hmm. an adventure this is. He was just fangirl, and he was just like. Mark, everything in my body is telling me not to open this sarcophagus right now, bro. I'm glad he said that. I'm yeah. glad he said that. Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys a question here because a lot of this is going back and forth between the story that Arthur's giving to Layla about Mark and painting him in a bad light and Stephen going up to the tomb. And did you guys get any vibes like the twist? There's going to be a twist that like Mark in his head is going to be like bad or something because for some reason I just... Like when he was in the reflections, he kept just to me seeming like he was like antagonizing him a little bit, just being like darker when he's saying, do it, do it, do it. Like I was getting it for a second that maybe he does have other plans and it's just been a secret this whole time. I could see how they would try to paint him in that light in the middle of the season, like a red herring or something. Yeah. And I mean, I think he's fine he's now. Like, I think it, w- it was literally a fleeting thing for that, like two mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, but seriously, every time he looks in the mirror, he looks pissed off and like his eyes are narrowed. I was reading it as Mark is the only one that was thinking of the mission at hand. He was still holding out hope they could find that Ushapti or whatever the piece was called. Yeah. Get out of there before Arthur even figures out they had gotten into the tomb. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why he was just like, come on, do it, do it, do it. And yeah. then when Layla walks in, he was just like, not now. Like, we can talk about all of our trauma later. Right, we got to right. get out of here. But then Arthur walked in. And I maintain that had they gotten in, gotten out, then they might have been able to do it before Arthur knew they were there. They could have slipped through, man. Could have slipped. Mark knows what he's doing. He's a a professional. That was bothering me so much. I mean, just to get there, I mean, Stephen is in now, opened up the sarcophagus, goes through his head, you know, where would it be? You know, the avatar was the voice of Ahmed. So again, we go into the throat, pulls it out. I thought that was so cool. And one thing we didn't talk about was actually the opener. We see the lead yeah. guy of, of the congregation or whatever that was called. The representative, the avatar of like the main God is putting Khonshu on a shelf where there is, I don't mm. know. I think there was like 12 other. Yeah. I think there were 10 were total actually. All yeah. those empty seats, Paul. You caught that shit. Yeah, man. Yeah. So Me there too, was all those dude. empty seats. 
back to Steven. Um, he is finally holding Amit and, and imprisoned in stone, and Layla comes in, and this is the part that was bothering me. I was like, Layla, I know Arthur mm-hmm. just antagonized you a bunch. He was trying to get you going, but this is exactly what he was trying to do. Yep. Um, and now you're stuck pouring your heart out to Steven slash Mark in the middle of this important mission. It's like, dude, why don't we have this heart to heart a little bit later <laughs> yeah. you know, outside of this, you know, tomb. So that was bothering me. And thank God, you know, when Steven, which was also another little hysterical part, Steven refuses to give up the body. But as soon as Layla brings up like, what happens? What happened to my father? Steven's like, yo, Mark, you can have it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> when their he life is in danger. Anything. When yeah. his life is in danger, he's like, I got this. Angry wife? Nah. Oh, yeah. Mark. <laughs> yeah. So Mark comes in and immediately Mark is like, we have to go. But I will tell you later. But of course, Layla won't let that happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he does go on to reveal I knew what happened to your father. My partner got greedy and took out everybody on the, the team, the research team or the dig team, whatever you want to call it. Um, and did he say what ended up happening to his partner? No, I nah. might be Duchamp. I don't know, man. I'm thinking it's Duchamp. That's where my mind went. Yeah, that yeah. would make sense. Yeah, my mind instantly went to Duchamp, but like, who knows what's up Agreed. with the partner. Yeah, so this is his origin story, pretty much. He gives it to Layla. You know, he says that he wasn't the one who killed her father. Of course, he didn't kill her father. His partner got a little greedy, killed everybody, actually shot Mark. He was left for dead, and this is the situation where Kanchi brought him back. So it is all on the same night. We did guess that correctly. We weren't sure if Mark was going to be the one who have who had killed her father. I don't think we really thought that, but we didn't know he was going to have something to do with it. And that was it. So I'm glad that we got this explanation and it doesn't seem like Mark is so terribly in the wrong and as guilty as I thought he might have been. It seems like he tried to avoid any additional bloodshed in the situation and went out of his way to try and defend the father. So mm-hmm. I can't hold too much against Mark. The only thing you can hold against him, I guess, technically, is that she says we met so you could. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, that part's a little sketchy. You know, she, she met her yeah. to because he felt guilty and then they got yeah. married and he never told her. That's, yeah. you know, but him yeah. in the scenario where his, her father died. No, I mean, you know, she says, oh, well, you brought the bad guy to my father. And it's like, OK, how was he supposed to know that the partner yeah. was going to get greedy? Yeah, she was just, you know, I guess still in shock. And part of the reason why she wasn't thinking about leaving this very dangerous situation. Yeah, and, yeah. and of course, you know, right as they're about to wrap up, we hear them start to come in and they're like, all right, like, we're out of time. You run away and I'll like, I'll take care of him is what he says. And he and he grabs the axe, which was a beautiful, really cool. Yeah, axe. it was cool. It was freaking Alexander the Great's axe, man. Yeah. Better be cool. And then all of a sudden behind all of the rubble and pillars just comes like 12 completely armed men. Mm -hmm. And Mark's like, well, shit, there's not a whole lot I can do here. There were like two less of you. I would have had this. (laughs) He takes a few out. And this is Arthur. Two axes. You all would have been. (laughs) This is Arthur doing what Arthur does. He's been doing it for the entire three episodes. We've seen him before this. And. Spoiler alert, he's, he sounds similar when we see him in the psych ward a little bit later, but he's basically saying, let me help you. You have to make a decision. Here's your decision. Are you going to go with me or are you going to go the other way? And and like you said, Paul, he starts taking some guys out. Mark makes the right decision, but two shots, boom, boom, to the chest. No Game healing. Over. Game over. No healing. I can't help people who can't help themselves, he <laughs> says. And he says that. A few times. Yeah. And that pool of water that he fell into looked like it was a kiddie pool. It looked like there were yeah. two inches of water. Yep. His skull yep. would have just gotten kaboom. He fell yeah. off like a flight of steps. Yep. <laughs> well, a little he, deeper. Come on now. Well, I mean, he sunk through. Apparently there was. Yeah. It was both the shallowest pool and the a exactly. never ending pool, man. Exactly. It was an optical illusion. That's where all the Egyptian gods. That's why none of this is real, into. dude. The exact same thought. That Honestly, is so funny. Jimmy, that's the that's the first that's the proof of evidence. Yeah, 
I'm in. Give me the tinfoil hat, It's the damn pool, man. It's the damn pool, dude. If the pool was deep, deep, then I'd be like, you know what? This is fine. We're fine. Layla was right there and watched everything happen, right? But she she, she was... Was she peeking in? I can't remember. Was she yeah, peeking in? She was like in? hiding behind like a pillar or something. Okay, so she can still escape. It's not like Arthur has. She doesn't need to escape because it. it's not real and she's in the psych ward okay, right now. Jimmy, but we'll get there. We'll <laughs> get there. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think we are there. Yeah, uh, no, but yeah, she's shedding some tears for Mark slash Steven. Even though she's mad, she still loves him. And yeah, this is the reveal here. Mark wakes up and he's, and we, okay, well, first we're in. A big white room and before we're in the big white room, we are in a television screen watching like a campy 90s adventure yeah. quest movie, like a knockoff of a knockoff of Tomb Raider, where it's a guy named Dr. Stephen Grant and his Indiana Jones-esque sidekick, like going through this low budget jungle. Um, and there's a reference to the lunar god of the Aztecs, uh, Quail or something like that. <laughs> it's just this campy movie. And then we zoom out a little bit more and we're in this futuristic white psych ward. Yeah. Um, and the camera's just slowly panning around at all the patients. And I'm just like, when are we going to see Mark? When are we going to see Mark? And eventually like after we see 20 people, um, one of the orderlies parks him in his wheelchair, his favorite spot. um, And he's just like drooling on himself. He looks like a mess. And my first question is, was that orderly one of Arthur's henchmen? I feel that's like the guy what, with the red beard. The, was I thought like, it was the one that got thrown on the table and gutted, like one of Arthur's that's what guys. I got. Ooh, yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. So it was a familiar face. Yeah. Um, yep. And it's it was so good how they park him right there with you know his goldfish. Yeah. Right yep, there. Yeah. You know the same one in his apartment. Mm-hmm. He, his leg is tied up. The same right leg is tied up to his wheelchair that was tied Hell up. Yeah. To his Didn't even notice that. Holy Love shit. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And you know the. The orderlies are all characters that he made up in his mind. Um, and if you guys have ever seen the magicians out there, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. We talk about it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Episode or season one, I think it's like episode like five or six. There is an a crazy, almost exact same scenario to, to what this is. Right. So I was getting a lot of those Quentin vibes. Um, you know, the same thing everybody in his life was like the orderlies at the psych ward. I was loving that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now let me, hope, let, that's, that's why I was getting that. I was hoping that this is not real. Right, right, right. Now let me go back for a second. We get this campy Indiana Jones knockoff and obviously the guy's name is Stephen Grant. That's our first clue here. Now, did you guys recognize the actor who was playing Stephen Grant? I did not. We're going to have to fact check this because obviously we're we're using screeners here, so we don't have IMDb to back it up. But I am almost positive that it was Joseph Milson, who is Uncle Elfric from The Last Kingdom, what? which we just covered You're on the pod. I'm almost serious? positive. It's a clean shaven version of him. <laughs> I, long I, hair. Yeah, long hair. I'm I'm almost positive. But again, I don't have confirmation. We'll have to fact check it and talk about it in episode five if we need to. But little last kingdom for our for our homies i love when our shows cross over when i found out that tamara morrison was og no non-og doctor i was just like are you kidding me spartacus Spartacus. star wars yeah my god yep i love it too i mean we're just on the screeners no less yeah i mean we just watched last kingdom i'm looking at him i'm like i think it's him i'm thinking it's him (laughs) man where's ootsford yeah, where's Uhtred, son of Uhtred at? He would have saved Mark in two seconds. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, we also see the bulletin board that's right next to him to the left, and and he's looking at it, and he's freaking out because this, the pictures look like the scenes that we've seen in the first episode when he first blacks out. I forgot about that painting that was, like, the same exact landscape. Yep, yep. Exactly what you're saying. And then, obviously, we have Layla, and Layla, Layla shows up as another psych ward patient. And she's actually like taking advantage of them dorm bingo. You know, they're playing yeah. bingo. And I actually would like to go back because my brain, knowing how Marvel works, my brain was just like exploding with all the numbers yeah. that they're calling off. Like, like these is this different universes? Eggs. Yeah. Right. Is that what you were like, getting? Yeah. I was like, these have to be Easter eggs for something. But of Definitely. course, again, we don't have We don't have time to research because we only get one watch. So um, Layla comes in. She's, you know, a psych ward patient. And 
<laughs> Mark wins, but Layla takes the dub for him. Yeah. She was like, dude, I changed that movie. You you watched it way too many times. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of getting, you know, he was obsessed with this movie. He watched it yep. so times so many times. And, you know, that's what he, he bases this false world on, quote unquote, false world. And I Layla's guess that Layla's actress played a really good, like manic patient. She was just yeah. like, Ooh, what is this? Look at this. We yeah. won. <laughs> we won. I won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's been killing it. This show too. I mean, everybody's been killing it. Ethan Hawke or her actress may forget her last name. Uh, Oscar Isaac killing it. All of them love it. And I'm guessing that his favorite spot is that spot. Because like you said, Paul, the goldfish, but also the window. Cause he's looking for Steven. He keeps looking at Steven. He gets out of his chair yeah. And he freaking drops a Moon Knight figurine. Come oh, on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The action figure of Moon Knight. Now. Okay, man. I don't even I don't even know how to how to get started here. Because that's actually strike one against me, I would say, the Moon Knight figurine, because that would be make it seem more so like this is fake. Because why would Moon Knight exist prior and well, to have an action also, figure if this is real life? Just uh, uh, I don't know. Just to go on a little bit farther, and, and when he does release the Steven that was stuck in a sarcophagus, I was like, okay, this has got to be fake now, right? Or is it just more of the... Well, I mean, anything could so, be real because it's it's your men- it's just an unreliable okay. narrator, na- narrator, narrator with your mental illness issue. You know, that's, okay. that's the problem. So, Paul, that scene... I kind of took it as that is now going to be Steven's representation. I think maybe they're just like done with the he can only be seen through a mirror and maybe they're giving him like a physical body in Mark's mind. So maybe Steven will just kind of be like following Mark around with his own body. Like, I don't think other people are going to be able to see this, Steven. Right, 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 right. I I agree with that 100 percent. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I guess. We will definitely have to wait until next episode to see if he does interact with anybody. But I, I jumped ahead a little bit because we did have the whole therapy session between Arthur and yes. Mark. And that yeah. was pretty sweet. And right before then, we we get the scene where he keeps asking for Steven in the window. And that's where we get the mm-hmm. reveal. Like you said, Paul, he gets up out of the chair. He like is walking towards the window. He trips. He's he's connected by the shackles to the chair, just like he would be in his bed from episode one. And then the guy, the orderly, who we believe is the one who got gutted by the Hecka priest, is the one who takes him back, puts him in the chair, sedates him even more. And now he's with Arthur. Yeah. And was Arthur even preaching really anything of note to you guys? Was there anything relevant there? He was just kind of taking him through an exercise like, oh, I saw this. Indiana Jones movie too. you know, they made a meal out of a certain moon God character. And you said you had a deal with this moon God character. Mm -hmm. But the entire time, I think they were highlighting how Mark was just picking on to the uh, to the clues again, like in the mirror, he saw Arthur's Crocs with the glass. But, you know, who knows if the glass was in it here? He saw his cane that reminded Uh, him of the scales. He saw the painting that looked like that Switzerland landscape. There were statues of Egyptian gods. And he was just like, it was too much. And then he says that trigger phrase, uh, I can't help people who can't help themselves, which is what he said when he shot him. And that's what finally clicks like, nah, this is too crazy. You definitely shot me. That's all I know. I got to get out of here. And he's still doing that Arthur thing where he's trying to keep calm and like preach to these people that are freaking out at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he can't take anymore. He fights off orderlies uh, and sprints out of there. And Paul, that catches us up to where he finds Steven in the sarcophagus. And this was the best scene because like they were looking for each other, man, that they are each other's rock in the craziness. When in the (laughs) beginning of the series, they were each other source of craziness and at this point it's like a familiar face like oh my gosh i'm so glad to see you like i don't know what the hell's going on we got to start getting answers here what was the last thing you remember and he was like uh arthur shot us and he was like yes yes all right they hug each other they're like just like oh my god dude thank god just to go back i mean arthur with his hair slicked back as the psychiatrist i mean Mm. the way he just deliver that whole speech about, you know, I, I suffered from mental illness too. I can help you, please. Like, I can't help you until you realize and help yourself. I just thought he was such a good villain for not really doing really too much besides just walking around and talking. 
Yeah, this this scene deserves its own deep dive. But for the millionth time, I'm going to say screeners. So we don't have these notes. But the parallels are there where, like you're saying, Paul, he's talking about in this world or this version of what Mark's seeing. He's saying, I have had mental illness before. I understand. In the other world, he's saying, I have been conscious avatar before. I understand. You know, he said, I can't help someone who doesn't want to help themselves. We see the painting. We see even a conscious statue looking thing. We see the the little <laughs> sacrificial, whatever they're called, things. Earn. Earn things. Yeah, there you go. We see all these things in his office. And like you said, that he just says, it keeps reminding me. It keeps reminding me. It keeps reminding me. And the problem is. This is where you get to the point where you're like, all right, is he in a mental institution and is he having a mental illness where he sees this show or this movie and the other things in the institution are creating the story for him as he, you know, walks around? You know, he sees the story in the movie and he says, this is Stephen Grant. That's my boy, Stephen Grant. We're going to go on an adventure together. We're going to look for, you know, the the moon god and we're going to work together with the moon god and. Now, you know, he's in, you know, he's in that room, the white room, and he has Layla as a as a patient and she's joining the story. Now we have an orderly. He's joining the story. And now we have pictures of this landscape and that's part of the story. And then we have Arthur and we have Arthur's room and his cane and his, and his Crocs and this and that. Is it his chicken Crocs. or is it the egg? Like, is it literally is it one or the other? It, it could be either or. That's the problem. And Jimmy, what is your percentage leaning reality verse? Yeah. Um, Well, let's let's finish the episode because (laughs) finishing the episode is where it gets even more crazy. But we get the next sarcophagus that they don't open. And do you guys assume that's Jake? Yes, has to be right. So the third dark personality. Yeah, that was trying to get out, but trying to get through, trying to get through, busting through, doesn't open the sarcophagus, keeps on going. And what the heck did we just freaking watch? It was opens uh, opens the door. Yeah, it's the lady from uh, the lady hippo from Madagascar. (laughs) What's her name? Jada Pinkett Smith, dude. That's a hot topic nowadays. Oh, man. (laughs) That's a hot topic nowadays. No, Uh I don't think she's uh, a... We're a pop culture podcast now. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, what was that? Was that a god representation of a a god? So that was was Amit, if I'm not mistaken. I think that she got a description earlier in the series as a hippo, right? I'm getting this as tat tat. I, okay. So she was to me, the pictures make it seem like she's like a wolf with long hair. I did a little research and there's an Egyptian goddess called Tauret, the goddess of maternity and childbirth. And it's literally a hippo God. Is that what we're going with right now? Then? That's what I'm going with right now. That's that's, why did it, it I might... think that we got a description of Amit with like the head of a hippo? Am I just I completely know. making that up? <laughs> I don't, I, I I don't, don't know. I don't remember. But we did see a picture of Amit in this episode where like it's a hieroglyphic version, but it she looks kind of uh-huh. like a wolf with long hair. Oh, no, that was actually uh-huh. in the episode where Arthur it was in the preview of this episode, but it was the yeah. episode where Arthur is in the museum with I got you. Steven and he's talking with Steven and he's showing him Amit and he's going like kind of like caressing her and he's like this is um and it's <laughs> it's like a wolf with long hair kind of thing and, and also we've seen um it's statue and to me mm-hmm. it looked like the skinny wolf kind of thing but well if this hippo god is the goddess of mater- was it maternity childbirth and maternity oh i thought and you said health i thought um, you said i thought you just said milf <laughs> uh, and milfs the goddess, the goddess of milfs um, well, I was going to say if it was like health, that would make sense if she's trying to help him, you yeah. know, get mentally healthy again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I had no idea. I have zero theories. I was like, what the hell is this hippo talking to me about? Um, so I, I just I, I believe I that I'm correct just because I think there was rumors that there was somebody cast and I'm pretty sure they put the cast name under the, the T.A.W.E.R.E.T. Towerette name. And people didn't know what she was going to be. It's a known actress, but of course we only get what hi or whatever the whatever yeah. it was out of her. Pretty much, and yeah. that's the end of the episode. Nice. She yeah. sounded very nice. She did. She did. I actually very I maternal. Waited, I went through the credits hoping for a post credit scene. scene. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't get one, so I will not be the guy that f- falls for the the fake post credit scene. There's actually another one. This happened <laughs> twice already with these shows. 
All right. Well, let me let me say something really quick because I want to talk about this before you guys give your opinions. Okay. We've talked about this for four episodes now, mainly the first three, obviously, a lot in the first episode. And that's the DID situation. Okay. His mental illness, and we talk about in the comics where it's back and forth a million times, whether it conchu exists or it's entirely a mental illness situation where he just has the multiple personalities. He has Steven, he has himself, he has Jake, he has Moon Knight, and he sees Kanchu. Then there's a scenario where he does have the, the mental illness and Kanchu either exacerbates it and also kind of like breaks his mind or whatever. So he does exist and the mental illness exists. There's a million different versions, but there is a version from 2016. And I think we would have guessed this cliffhanger if we had more comic knowledge like i have discussed in the past when we talk about like fat dubs or we talk about loki when we brought up sylvie being enchantress things like that and we kind of knew that as a a guess even though it was wrong (laughs) it was like a guess that we had there was a run in 2016 from jeff lee meyer and it pretty much is taking from this cliffhanger and and the the deal is that the first issue, Mark wakes up and he's in he's in a psych ward. Okay. And it's almost exactly how this works, where he has Mark, he has Steven, he has Jake, and they're all multiple personalities, and he definitely has the mental illness. Concho is a thing, and it's literally ambiguous on purpose. The Jeff Lee Meyer who wrote it left it ambiguous on purpose. And basically the the, the gist of it is that yes, he's dealing with mental illness since this entire time, but Kanchu does exist and he's fighting Kanchu and he's actually pushing Kanchu away, going back to what Brian was saying last episode about him losing Kanchu after the season. But he pushes Kanchu away and the ending is that he he accepts who he is and he accepts that he has to work with Jake and Steven and himself as one body and he doesn't need Kanchu. But the thing is that the entirety of this, the, however, I think it's 14 issues, he and we don't know all these adventures he goes on. We have no idea if it's in the psych ward, if it's real, any of it. We, we literally have no idea. And it ends ambiguous on purpose so that Jeff Lemar basically left it that way so that the next writer could go with, all right, we're back to Supernatural. We're back to DID, whatever. So it's I'm, I'm, I'm in a situation where I think, and I'm going to let you guys explain for yourself because obviously I don't, I'm not in your heads, but I'm assuming that you guys think that it's the gods, meaning Arthur or Amit or the main gods messing with him right now. Kind of like you were saying, Paul, with the magicians and mm-hmm. Quentin's getting screwed with and he's not actually in the psych ward. It's all hallucination that's being done to him not being done by him. Is that what you guys are assuming right now? Or Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that's where I was going. I feel just because, uh, I don't know. We said it before, but if, if they show this suit with, you know, all these awesome powers in the beginning and then at the end, you know, it's actually taken away. I feel like that would upset some fans. I mean, that would be honestly a very cool twist. Mm-hmm. If, if, the, if you were right, you know, he, it was on his head that these super natural powers were there and you know it really could end up just being him you know street justice that'd be honestly pretty cool but i think the way they're going with it what they've shown everything with arthur giving the speech to conchu after he was imprisoned i I think it's got to be a uh you know actual supernatural gods are there messing with Stephen, or, or messing with Mark, I should say. So who, to, in your opinion, would be actually messing with Mark at this point? So the first one that comes to mind would literally just be Amit, um, just because I don't think it was Kanchu, because Kanchu is obviously imprisoned. Um, and is he, though? In... It's not real. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, shoot. This is what I was getting, was, uh, yeah, you know, no, he was it. in Amit's tomb, um, everything that was going on, but then again, you know, Amit is imprisoned as well. So it's like could be the God that was working with Arthur. If we're correct in saying that there's one God that's on Arthur's side from the last episode. Mm-hmm. That's true. The problem with all this is that actually, you know what, Brian, I want, I want to hear your thoughts first and then I'll continue. Yeah. I'm in the camp that this is being done to him. I agree that it's Amit. I'm connecting some dots. Okay. Once, Arthur shot Mark in Egypt. We assume that he obtained 
he he got whatever he needed to resurrect Ahmed. I'm assuming that he is using the powers gained from Ahmed. I'm kind of connecting the dots that Ahmed made Arthur her avatar, whatever, gave him some powers. And he is creating this mindscape to keep Mark docile, confused, um, kind of out of interfering with his goings ons and just, yeah, he's kind of fucking with him maybe at this point. Um, but that's what I think it is. I, I think Arthur is still doing this to him th- while using powers gained from Amit. That's that's where my head went. So what about the two shots to the chest? Do you think that happened? Like he, sh- that's that's the problem here. Like, uh, like if you, if my opinion is that it's probably a blend. Like I I, I do think that a, some of the events of this show happened. So do you know what else I thought was interesting was the one other patient that the camera panned past had a picture drawn of Conchu. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. So that that made me think, like, are all of the patients in here? Like, were they previous fists of vengeance or something like that? Like, what? Why would they be seeing visions of the same Conchu God as that we saw in Mark's supposed hallucinations, wow. whatever you want to say. And Conchu turning back to night sky was actually the movie, the VHS being rewound. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. So here's the thing about all of this. It's, it, it, we don't have the answer. So we could talk in circles forever. That's the problem. And that's why I knew Brian was going to hate this episode because we could just come up with theories and theories <laughs> and theories. But, um, you know, my take would be that I, I think it's some kind of a blend. I think Mark exists. I think Mark, I think that he has been the CIA agent. I think he's done things for Conchu. I think that if he is being messed with, I think it's Conchu that's messing with him only because of this Jeff Lee Meyer run that I looked into. You know, I, the ending of that is him pushing Conchu away and saying, I don't need you anymore. And again, the problem with all this is that it's ambiguous. You don't even know when he's saying bye, Conchu. I don't need you. If he's literally saying bye to a god, or if he's saying bye to another personality in his own head, you have no idea. And that's the beauty and the the, the awfulness of watching <laughs> slash reading Moon Knight because almost every comic is like this with Moon Knight. You just don't know. Um, the the thing that I was thinking about with these other episodes is that a lot of people were a little upset with certain things from episode three meaning first one would be what we were saying about Arthur's whole situation where why these freaking gods don't know that Arthur is trying to get Amit. Okay. Our explanation was that maybe the the main guy is working with Arthur. So he's kind of just letting it sweep, sweeping it under the rug. The other explanation that people have is that it's a plot hole. Like there's something going on here. Other people are saying, what the hell is up with this huge rewind of 2000 years of the sky this would screw up a million things. How could the Avengers? How could the Eternals? How could Thor? All these people not react to it. You're literally moving the galaxy, yeah. you know, you're, the universe. So it, it'd be one thing if they just showed the the sky going back just for Layla, Steven, and Conju right. at that time. Like it was just an illusion for them. But they made it a point to show, to show other people. people in Egypt, like looking out their car windows, seeing it. So and it's again, easily. How would you not hear about this? Right. It's easily explainable to just be like, yo, this was like a vision. Like he's just showing the night sky and kind of just not actually moving the planets and the stars. He's just like Mm. making like a projector vision of it and doing things and showing you what it would have looked like 2000 years ago. But if he actually did move it and he actually causes like a lunar eclipse and he's having these all powerful things going on. This is a big deal. And we've talked about it. Why, you know, this is supposed to be in a bubble, but what, but it's not when he's doing these kind of things. And the explanation could be is that it didn't happen. You know, the explanation could be that a lot of the events of these episodes are in his own mind. I don't know where to say like, (laughs) Hey, like episode one happened, but episode three didn't, or none of it did. This is totally shutter Island kind of situation. Maybe where he's in the psych ward. He sees things that that are going into his hallucinations. He sees Layla. Boom. She's his love interest because she's the only girl who talks to him in the psych ward. She's, he sees Arthur. and He doesn't like Arthur as his therapist. So, boom, he's the bad guy. And Arthur has the cane and Arthur has the Crocs and Arthur has this and that. Boom. Arthur, he sees the movie and, you know, all this stuff. It could just be that or it could be. Conchu reversing it and messing with him in that way, putting him in this 
illusion where he is it it's hard to say it's just like quitting from the magicians because not a lot of people have watched that show and it's a shame guys if you have not watched it netflix sci-fi the magicians five seasons and then listen to the podcast you won't regret it show is phenomenal but it's a thing where basically there's an episode where the guy is just being messed with and he's being messed with in a way where he he has a mental illness in real life so the way that they're messing with him is putting him in a cycle where he can't tell his his heart is telling him this is screwed up like this is not my mental illness but because he has a mental illness at the same time, he's believing it. And it's just it's chicken or the egg kind of thing where it's hard to explain. But my situation here is that I just honestly think that some of this is real to him in the in the psych ward. Like, I don't think this is going to be an illusion. I think some of this is going to be going into more of the mental illness side of things. It's very <laughs> weird, though, because it's hard to buy into the psych ward theory that he really is in the psych ward without eliminating everything that happened in the series episode one through four and a half because how could any of it happen if he was in the psych ward unless he was like really hallucinating while he was in the psych ward but yeah so like the thing a lot the thing with the comics in this this lee meyer run is that he was born and he has this multiple personality disorder the did uh, disorder and his father doesn't understand it and puts him in a psych ward and then I think his father dies and he gets out at some point. And then he becomes Mark, who's the CIA slash special forces agent. And he's a badass. And Concha comes into the into his mind. And then it's iffy whether that whole thing is real or fake because the mental illness is real. But he, it is technically supposed to be canon, I believe, that he was in a psych ward. Then he got out of a psych ward. And adventures did happen. Uh, it's it's tough. I man. mean, yeah. <laughs> it's really. It, I mean, that's what I'm saying. We could talk for another two hours, but I just think that some of the events of like the episode three events are just a little bit fantastical in a way where maybe it I just mean, wasn't real. And I and we've talked about this, man. We've talked about this. We've said Conchu doesn't seem like a good dude. They are painting him bad. So the Lee Meyer run, whether Conchu is real or a part of his DID, it is a scenario where he pushes Conchu away. So it, it could be Conchu messing with him and it could be all real, but Conchu did something. I am starting to buy into the it's Conchu messing with him only because I like, yeah, I kept highlighting how much of a dick he was being in the first two episodes. Like they were yeah. making him to be a worse guy than Arthur was seemingly. Yeah, maybe it's so that what trying to get Mark to save him from being stuck in rock somehow, but I have no idea how that could work. See, I'm just pulling shit out of my ass now. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> weird too, because people are talking about episode three and they're hating on it. Similarly to what we said about how they're introducing all these new gods and introducing well, gods is tough. Uh, what were you going to say? Paul? Speaking of episode three, unless you guys have anything else to say on this real versus psych ward matter. Um, Episode three, we actually missed a huge, huge hint. Um, so I got a little bit of a setup for you guys. So if you go back to Bingetown TV, episode 137, it is the Loki season wrap up and final thoughts. And mm. it is featuring Zach, the comic guy. Uh, we actually get to a point in the episode where Zach begins to break down the introduction of Kang into the comics mm. as an Avengers villain yeah. um, and a lot of his variations. So if you go to 29 minutes and two seconds, we actually get Zach talking about uh, a version of Kang called Immortus, mm -hmm. who was a variant of Kang in the far, far future, who ended up going back in time to become King Rama Tut. Yep. So if you haven't listened to the episode yet, go back because Zach breaks down a lot of different variations of Kangs that we could see going forward, knowing that he is a big bat. But to come back to this Kang being King Rama Tut, um, with all that being laid out, I ended up watching a YouTube vid about a huge e Easter egg that we missed in episode three. Um, and this was all this video and everything was pointed out to me by Eric Voss from new yeah. rock stars on YouTube. He's the man he you've is. probably seen his, his videos without even realizing it. And if you haven't checked out his stuff, you definitely should because his Marvel knowledge is absurd, but he pointed out that the young thug who we got in episode three, the one that Mark went easy on 
but ends up killing himself in Amit's name. The back of his denim jacket is basically designed like almost copy and paste King Ramatut's headpiece Mm -hmm. that he wore in Avengers volume four, or I'm sorry, volume seven, number four. Um, And I think that was written by Mike Telmundo. And that was the part of the Kang war storyline. So it doesn't have Kang's actual face, but it has the headpiece pretty much very unique headpiece. Paul one, I want to point out that you referred to that young man as young thug. That is actually the, the good Young credit Kong. that he gets in the credits. That's the name that he's the given. rapper uh, really... is actually in the show. Yeah, that would I mean, be a great cameo, especially probably... if like they made him an Easter egg like that. That'd be hilarious. That's really funny, but dude. Jimmy, you were not a lot. Oh my gosh, Jimmy, you were nodding along like you knew this whole time and you didn't say anything. No, 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 no. I saw Eric Voss's video after the fact as well, and that's why I was nodding. And I do want to say that I just saw recently on Twitter that the writers and creators of Moon Knight confirmed. They said it was, yes, it was an Easter egg for Ramatut. So that's the whole thing. Um, Well, definitely, it was definitely an Easter egg because not only the headpiece, but there was a splash of purple and teal. On, on the design, which was, you know, sh- straight up his colors. So that's the whole thing is Kang kept pyramids and a sphinx in his like trophy necropolis in the comics, whatever you want to call it. Like, and we also saw a, a pyramid and a sphinx um, in the, the Kang from that we saw in Loki. So that being said, like, was this just a small Easter egg, like the writers were saying, or is this setting up that King Ramatut was canon in the MCU? It was about halfway through Loki where I first started saying, oh, maybe the big bad's Kang, and that turned out to be true. So, I mean, they got to start giving us more Kangs at some point. So yeah. um, <laughs> that's, I like that theory, Paul. I like it a lot. Yeah, like yeah. Eric, Eric even went on to go a little bit farther and speculate that, the the one who betrayed Amit, Amit's her first avatar that Arthur speaks of, I think it's episode one, um, the one who originally carried the alligator cane that Hera has now. Like, could that have been, you know, Pharaoh Ramatut, the Damn. one that betrayed and, you know, this, this, this powerful avatar that was actually from the future. So, yeah, I'm there, not going to. There was theories about why, you know, maybe King Rama or Pharaoh Ramatut started getting the people's attention and the people started following him instead of the actual gods. And that's why the gods say they abandoned humanity because humanity abandoned them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they started following this guy. I mean, you, you could go on for days with all different right. possibilities, but if he is canon in the MCU, we are going to have a field day. I like it, man. I'm not going to lie. hundred percent missed it. But when I saw the Eric Voss video, when we got to the, the sarcophagus, I was like, is there going to be like a, a Kang guy in there. Like <laughs> I, you know, and then he obviously Alexander the great was a freaking awesome reveal anyway, but, yeah. mm-hmm. but Kang was like, just going through my head. Not that Steven would be able to be like, is that Kang? So I didn't think yeah. it was actually going to be a thing, but, um, yeah, that video, he is, he makes a lot of really good points and it's hard to disagree with him afterwards. It's, it's really cool to think about. And yeah, I'm glad you cut me off with the, psych ward thing paul because i could probably talk forever and i know we all could <laughs> and i don't think there's much more to, to have to discuss in, unless we want to talk in circles but those gods that they introduced people are upset because thor odin the eternals a lot of them are explained in the mcu as almost like like you know they even say like celestials aliens alien beings they're bringing in these gods I know well, what you got for me, dude. What do you got? I don't know how you were going to finish that, but do you remember when they called the meeting and I was just like the Ennead? Did any of you catch that name? The Ennead? That's a thing. If you look that up in the Marvel database or whatever, the Ennead was mentioned in the comics and I'm just going to read what they have here on the Marvel fandom page. The Ennead are the gods of Egypt that hail from uh, celestial Heliopolis. Oh my gosh. That hail from celestial Heliopolis, a small pocket dimension adjacent to earth An interdimensional nexus between Heliopolis and earth is located in Egypt. They've been worshiped by the humans of Egypt as early as 10,000 BC. Right. Um, and it seems like 
this Ennead has like several reigns of leaders throughout their time, one of which was the reign of Osiris. Right. Yeah. And that that's it right there. So I I'm glad you had that because I was going to beat around the bush to that. But yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't have the actual answer. Sorry. But but what I'm trying. No, I mean, I'm glad you did, because what I'm trying to say is that a lot of the MCU has explained gods as like not like God, that all knowing and all powerful mm-hmm. God, they're just higher powered beings. And we don't know the powers of any of these gods except for Kanchu, the lunar god. So if Kanchu's real, I'm I guess I'm fine with that being his power, just as long as it stays with that. And then each one would have to have their own powers. I don't know. But again, don't need to beat around the bush here. Psych Ward versus real life. We are going to hopefully find out in episode five. We're going to find you know out many... who that big old hippopotamus was. <laughs> I told you from Madagascar. Um, wh- do we know how many <laughs> episodes are confirmed for Six. this season? Six. Two, Two more. more. Yeah. Okay. We are Whew. out of screeners, so no assholes are going to be able to leak the rest. <laughs> You've also said that, you know, three times. So maybe yeah, Disney yep, will yep, get yep. us. Yeah, well, Disney might just send us an email yeah. and be like, here's the rest, dude. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, great episode. I just, I can't believe I have to wait another week now. Is it Shutter Ooh. Island or is it the Magicians, dude? Shut up, Jimmy. <laughs> Talked about this enough. <laughs> All right, Brian, hit us. Like, oh my God, I messed up on the first word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're going to be covering Moon Knight's first season in its entirety with weekly discussions after the episodes drop. And if this is your first time listening or watching our podcast, welcome and be sure to check out our previous series on WandaVision, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, and a bunch of other great shows. As always, if you like what you heard, give Binchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BinchtownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Our Patreon is up and running, so if you want to support the pod, that's a great way to do so, and that can be found on our website at BingetownTV.com. Once again, we are Bingetown TV. And thanks for listening. <laughs> there it is. Let's go. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.